Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast presented by Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. We're part of the 440 Sports Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Our guest today, Luke Wyatt. We'll talk about Vanderbilt baseball and take questions across three sports in the mailbag. So with that, let's get on to our interview with Luke Wyatt. Luke Wyatt joins me. It's Monday morning. Vanderbilt has taken a series from South Carolina in, frankly, pretty improbable fashion with Hunter Owen not pitching and, honestly, Carter Holton shouldn't have pitched, I think, in hindsight. And Vanderbilt gets blown out on Friday night and wins the series anyway. Luke, I think that's one of the more memorable series I've covered in years. I know you watched it and followed it. Thank you for joining us today. Hope you were doing well. Same to you, Chris. And, yeah, it was. I After the first game of the series, I'm like, good grief. With our pitching situation, are we going to be able to keep these guys in the park? Um, you know, I guess they hit five the first night. One kid hadn't hit one all year, even hit one. So I'm thinking, man, it's going to be tough. We're going to have to score a lot of runs to win this weekend. And then, wow, what a great job by Grayson Carter, by Patrick Riley, and then uh, Futrell yesterday. Um, They really stepped up. All those kids did. uh, Ryan Ginther. And uh, I, I didn't think that you, after that explosion on Friday night, scoring 14, that we could hold them to nine the rest of the weekend. But we did, and again, two out of three, and we've won five straight series, and we're in great shape. Yeah, still hasn't Vanderbilt still hasn't lost a series. Riley goes four innings, gives up one hit, just two base runners. Phenomenal performance. Only only needed sixty two pitches to get through four innings. That's an upset right there. I yes, thought that yes. he and Devin Futrell, and I, I keep waiting for it with Devin. I feel like I call it every weekend, and it just isn't happening. Just a guy that gives up a lot of fly balls and isn't overpowering. But, man, he is just so good at locating different pitches at any point in the count. He pounds the strike zone. Um, Man, I I just was so impressed with the way those two kids threw this weekend. Yeah, you know, Devin is fast becoming the ace of the staff with Carter's problems, whatever they may be. And then uh, Hunter Owen being down. I'm not sure if Hunter's pitching this week in Knoxville or not. I don't know yet. You may have some knowledge of that. Um, But right now, Devin's the guy they're leaning on. And as long as, like you said, as as long as his location holds up, uh, he's the type of pitcher that will frustrate you. He'll give you that comfortable 0 for 4. Yeah, their their pitching depth is really something. I know people were freaking out saying their pitching depth's been overrated. Here's the deal. Look around the country. I, I, what was the average number of runs scored in the SEC on Friday night? Maybe maybe nine or ten every team, and that's Friday night. There, you had a couple of series that started on Thursday. It, it is, and the, the bats and the balls, the offensive balance has gotten way out of whack. But everybody's having issues pitching, and I still even after this weekend, I was running some numbers this weekend, and I'll I'll find what I've got. Um, I haven't run it for everybody, but base runners allowed per inning pitched, okay, in SEC games. Vanderbilt, 1.2. Tennessee, 1.52. South Carolina, 1.55. Kentucky, 1.69. Those are probably four of the top six pitching staffs in the league. 
I don't know what um, Alabama's numbers are. Alabama's got some good numbers there. They'll have to run those. But, I mean, they're still – they're lapping the field in terms of conference play and what they've done. And the yeah. thing is they've got different things, Luke. And, and that's the thing. I know that Patrick Riley, he's not Devin Futrell. It's it's a lot harder. And you don't always know where, where it's going to go. And Grayson Carter's the same way too. But when someone had said – they thought those were the two guys going on Saturday, and 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 somebody on our board said, "Oh no, look out!" And okay, I I could see that, but the other thing was both those dudes keep the ball in the park, and that's yeah, that's a pretty important attribute against that team, and I think that gets overlooked sometimes. No, I think you're exactly right because I was I, I was kind of like with the fan base, I was really worried about it too, and uh, something, Chris, that I, I was surprised by Carter's outing. Not that it went bad, but his velocity was way up, and but he just couldn't locate anything. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I, you know, is that the, what, what do you have, 11 days off? Is that what it wound up being? So, you know, maybe it was the time off or he's just too anxious, too much juice, too much adrenaline going. I don't know. But I think he's going to be fine. I don't really worry about Carter. I think he'll be fine. He's the type of kid and his personality that he'll bounce right back from that. Yeah, Tim Corbin said after the Sunday game, and we've got it on our YouTube channel if you want to hear what he said. He said that Grayson will be fine, could have even come back in that game, but they wanted to be cautious. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, Holton, reading between the lines between what I've known for a couple of weeks and the way Tim answered the question, I think what happened was, because I know for a fact they were planning on holding him out this weekend too and evaluating him on Monday, being today as we're doing this, and, and seeing how it was. It was right. never an injury. It was just soreness, and you, you monitor that. But I think what's happened, he's been on the sidelines. He's not pitched. He, he probably just wasn't sharp. And it sounded to me like my guess is that when Hunter Owen, when they knew Hunter was going to be out, Carter lobbied to get the ball the way Tim answered the question that I asked him on I don't know, Saturday or Sunday or whenever that was. Right. He, Carter's such a bulldog. I think you're right on that. Uh, my my concerns about the upcoming week is what will be the rotation? Now that we kind of had a scramble this past weekend, will we reset it to where it's Carlton, um, Hunter, and uh, Devin again? Or will we still start Bryce? I, I, I'm not certain. I don't think you can start Bryce Cunningham in that park against that lineup. I know Tennessee oh. has not been 2022 Tennessee, but the ball can get out of there quickly, and he gave up yeah. four and five innings on Friday. I just don't think you can do that again. Look, there in their ballpark, though, they're a different team. It's just it's kind of like playing right. Missouri at Missouri. It really is, and they, because they've they've fared well in their own ballpark. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't. You know, that's the reason why the series itself, I don't think either way will be a sweep, neither team, because of the way the ballpark plays. I think the third guy I'm starting right now is Riley. I really do. Well, he he deserves the opportunity, that's for sure. Uh, And, and, you know, something we got to think about, too, we're playing what I would consider a bottom two SEC team in Indiana State coming in here tomorrow night which yeah. uh, I know it's not as important to win it. It is important to win it because it's a good team to feather in your cap. Uh, I think they swept this weekend, so they're like 21-12 and 12 and close to being ranked. Uh, that's that's going to be another tough midweek game. 
my guess is you'll see a lot of probably Horn and Thompson, uh, probably an inning of Jack Anderson somewhere. I don't think, and I'll have to look this up, I don't think Indiana State is a team that is just going to mash you to death. I could be wrong about that. I think it's more of a team that is just defense and and pitching oriented. Usually it is. Uh, They're going to defend very, very well. Uh, so some right. balls that might have gone for hits this weekend. Uh, boy, that's another subject. Carolina's defense was atrocious. May may not go for hits against these guys. Let me let me look them up as we're doing this. Why can I not find it? Here we go. Indiana State twenty one and twelve, and let's see this weekend. They swept. Yeah, beat Illinois, Chicago, which isn't as good as it usually is. They did give up some runs this weekend, although they did get a ten to one win in the middle last week. In the midweek, beat Purdue eight to two. Week before the midweek, got pounded by Indiana fifteen to five. So yeah, they, they might have a midweek pitching hole there. Yeah, let's hope so. I, you know, yeah. um, this weekend too in the SEC, there was no sweeps except for the Tennessee, Arkansas. So right. that's kind of calmed down a little bit, and I think you'll see more and more of that on the backside now that we're at the halfway point. I, th- I, don't, I think the sweeps are not going to be uh, happening near as often for anybody. Yeah. I guess the other thing this weekend, R.J. Shrek, that home run that got them started, that catch, which I had a South Carolina writer tell me their, their bullpen – uh, said he he dropped the one where he went over the fence for. I don't I don't think they were going to deny him that catch uh, after the <laughs> the that train wreck of a play that ended the the fourth or whatever that was. But oh, in any case, he, he was sort of the the match that lit the fire for that one on Saturday. I felt. Yeah, I agree with that. You, you know, let's go back. We have to talk about that play. I, I called you because I was, of course, I'm in the stands, but I couldn't tell anything, and I thought you might have a, a monitor close to you where you could see it better. Uh, I, I mean, to me, when, by the naked eye, I thought it hit the wall and then went to the club, which it turned out it did. But if, if you're an umpire in that situation, what do you do? I mean, I'm not sure. I, I think the umpires actually handled it okay, considering the situation. But as a player – our kids did what they thought was right. So we weren't going to score on that play, but one run, no matter what it looked like, whether well, it caught or it wasn't caught. I, I have a hard time blaming the umpires based on my first impression, right. because I don't think they called it out. Did they? And if they don't call it out, then it's incumbent on the runners to keep running. Now, if they go back and replay it, that's a catch. I don't know what they do. Now well, I was, I the some guys from the hustlers thought they thought Oh, so you you did see? That's what the hustler yeah. guys told me. They thought that they saw an out signal, and if there was an out signal, my opinion on that would completely change. Well, that's what it was. The second base umpire, I did see that second because the okay. first thing I did is immediately look at the umpire running out to the outfield, and he gave it a quick out, but then dropped his arm like, "Okay, I think he's out." You know what I mean? And again, yeah. I understand that because I think he probably saw in his in, in the mind's eye, yeah, he caught it, but maybe he didn't catch it. So to me, yeah, you go to replay on that, and uh, they did. I mean, again, I, I, it's hard to blame the umpires on that. And that's going to happen one in a million times. Yeah, that was just a that was a rough spot to be in. No, if if they signaled out, 
then I do put the blame on them. I don't know what you do at that point. I don't know if you just give them a single and and wind everybody back a base. That's also not fair, but it's it's less fair than an ending inning double play. So yeah, the inning inning double play was aggravating. But again, whether he caught it or didn't catch it, it looked like all we were getting on that play was one run. It's just that well, inning would have continued, of course. If, and here's here's the thing that was also hard to to figure out because if if an inning ends on a force play, then a run can't score, correct? Correct. So I guess they were. I mean, it could have been worse. What could have happened, I guess, is if they had. Because I think Austin was out by failure to occupy first was the way that I understood the ruling. So that's not a force. That's vacating the no. base. So if yeah. they had gone, if they'd gotten the outs at first, first, and thrown the ball there, and then thrown to third, second, then I guess the run wouldn't have counted. Am I overthinking it here? Is that how it would have gone? No. Because then the last out would have been a force at third base. Well, no, because the umpire here's here's the way I see it, Chris. Because the umpire called him out, okay. Enrique was standing on the bag, so it amounted to Enrique tagged up and scored. He's already scored before any of that other happened, right? That you know because he gave the out signal. Well, so but I think really if it's a force, it's void, is it not? If if the inning ends on a force play, uh, gosh, I think, you know what? We got to look at. We got to go to the. The book on that. I, I'm not 100%. I, I don't want to say it. Yeah. I, I know I think the run would have scored, but, and, and obviously since he called him out, because there was some, when we went to live stats, a friend of mine beside me had his phone out and he went to live stats and it still had the game four to four. Yes. Even though at the park they were showing it five four. Yeah. There and it was that way for a good that. five or 10 minutes. Like nobody, I went and asked, when the inning was over and they'd had a few minutes and nothing had been announced, I went and asked, there's a box where all the game ops people, the media relations guys, the official score, there's seven or eight people in there. And I figured that somebody in that box would have been given an explanation. They just threw up their hands. They said, we don't know any more than you do. Nobody's told us a thing. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad that one's behind us. And again, that's one of those, it's one in a million. So, uh, yeah, strange play though. You don't see that very often. What else stood out to you this weekend? Well, um, I'm a little worried about a couple of kids. I think, uh, and the, the guy was, that we're just talking about to hit that ball, RJ Austin, he struggled mightily yesterday. I think he had three strikeouts and, uh, did hit a couple balls well, but not didn't help us much. And I think he may be hitting a little bit of a freshman wall. I hope not because I love the kid and I love the way he plays. But he's now been caught. He had another base running blunder this week, got picked off. Uh, you know, he, he plays so hard. And uh, I'm just worried about him hitting a bit of a wall. It's almost like let him have a day off, like Tuesday maybe. I'm, maybe I'm overthinking this, but I'm a little worried about R.J. Austin. And I think Diaz's bat is starting to falter a bit. He's down in the 260s, and he was up at 300. Those two, and, I, and again, I'm nitpicking here to try to find negatives. I mean, look, we've won five straight series, um, three sweeps in there. We're 13-2. It's hard to find anything negative. Uh, the defense is still holding up well, um, uh, you know, except for the injuries on the pitching staff. 
or not injuries, but just load management, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's hard to find any concerns. Yeah, I didn't think Austin, Vastine, and Polk were were tremendous this weekend. Although, I mean, I look back, Polk had two hits on Friday. Vastine had a hit and two RBIs on Friday. So there was that. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm going to rewind this a little bit. Austin on Sunday was 0 for 5, three strikeouts. Polk was 0 for 2 with the strikeout. Had had a, a bad and one of those at bats really wasn't very good at all, and had, had kind of a misplay in the field. Vastine yeah. was one for three, drove in a run, struck out once on Saturday. Vastine struck out twice, one for four. Polk oh for three, didn't strike out. Austin two for four with the strikeout, and of course just missed a grand slam. So, uh, right. and then Austin oh for four on Friday with a strikeout. Polk two for four with the strikeout. Vastine one for. Hey, I guess they hit a little better than I thought, but I mean, I saw a little bit of that too. Right. Um, but you know, but the, after Friday night again, you're so happy to get two out of three because that team, that lineup, and of course we haven't played LSU and we won't unless we play them in the tournament. Uh, that's a man. That's a tough lineup to get through. There aren't any yeah. holes in that thing. No, and the pe- the Petri kid, holy smoke, okay, true freshman. He may be the best freshman hitter I've ever seen in the league. I've never seen. Yeah, I mean, my goodness, I don't know where he was out of high school. Uh, how is he not just straight to the in, uh, major league baseball? I don't understand. I think he was considered more of a pitching prospect than a hitting prospect, maybe. <laughs> and he's not even that's pitching. Unbelievable. Yeah, I that's know. unbelievable to me. Yeah. Uh, he and Caglione, I guess, will be up, uh, and then maybe the kid at LSU, the, one of those three, would be up for player of the year, I, I would suspect. Well, Dylan Cruz uh, is your player of the year, and it's not going to yeah. be particularly close, I don't think. But right. Petri's the, the best right. hitter in the league besides him, and, and that's not close either, I don't think. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about the bats being hot out of the wrapper. He's a he's a big case for that. Now, he is a big old kid, so I get how far he hit that one home run, but it looked like hitting a golf ball off a tee. He crushed it. Oh, he's so big. He stands right on the edge of the box, too, and stands right yeah. on the back line. So, like, between those long arms, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's got half the other batter's box covered. He does. You, I, I don't know where you pitch him. I really don't. Yeah, I don't think I guess you do. we got away with some stuff up. If you go up, up. Uh, then you can get him. Uh, that's that's how they struck him out a couple of times was above the letters. This season of the Vandy Sports Podcast has been made possible by my friend, Dr. Jody Jones, DDS. When it comes to general or cosmetic dentistry services, Jody is the best in Nashville. Just check out his client list. It testifies to that. He sees movie stars, music stars, athletes, coaches, you name it. Jody is the dentist of choice for stars in Nashville, but he sees regular folks like you and I as well. What people love about Jody's office is the ambiance. It's relaxing. It's friendly. Someone described it to me as a tooth spa. Whether your needs are general or cosmetic, go see Jody today. Call him 615-270-2322. See him at 55 Music Square East, not far from downtown or the Vanderbilt campus. Jody is a former Vanderbilt football player and a huge Commodore booster, so go and talk Vandy sports with him while you're there. 
Go see Jody Jones today. Thank him for his support of this podcast because without it, this season would not be possible. I wonder if Corbin was bluffing about using Maldonado Sunday because I thought, or, you know, here's the other thing that could also be one of those if the game gets tied and you've burned Ginther and you burn Maldonado, what do you do? You occasionally end up in one of those situations where your closer doesn't have it. Um, and so right. maybe that was the right call, but I just kept thinking, surely he's not going to let Ginther pitch to Petrie, and he did. Well, it, it, to me, the only person he had up was Schultz in the ninth. Yeah, and I, I would not have gone to surprising. Schultz to face no, those guys. No, 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 his, his stuff's been straight lately, and uh, he hadn't been hitting his spots at all, so I, I definitely wouldn't have gone with Schultz. But, and it could be he wasn't. He just had him up throwing. I don't know, but that's the only person I saw throwing in the eighth or ninth. Well, if if Carter is not hurt like he suggested, then I I presume you see Carter get the ball to start the game Tuesday for a little bit. Well, Chris, you know I I don't think he he pointed if you look he pointed go back and look at it, it was a he bicep, pointed at his think. forearm he pointed at his forearm though I know what it said but for some reason he pointed at his forearm now maybe you know how you when you when you snap it off a pitch sometimes it'll cramp up. It yeah. almost seemed to be a cramp to me, and I'm hoping that's all it was. And, and yeah. because it, it, he'd just thrown 100 and 101 was the velo on it. So that could be it. He was going back for a little extra. So hopefully that's all it is, soft tissue. Man, um, this is you know, a – this is it. go ahead. No, I was just going to say getting back to Carter Holton right quick. You know, him – There's I don't know what could be wrong with him because the kid was – 96 mile an hour. I mean, they say fatigue, but if you're fatigued, wouldn't your velo be down? You know, he was, man, he was, he was throwing harder than he had all year. Well, there's a difference between soreness and tightness. And my understanding is soreness sure. was the issue, which is what they said publicly. And, and that is why I know people have been wondering, I've, I've danced around a little bit. That's why that he was, I know there's all this, if you oh, wait, he's not hurt. Well, if he's not hurt, why is he not pitching? Well, if you got a sore arm, and you're a potential first right. rounder next year, you're going to rest that. I mean, that's just that's yeah. a smart yeah. move now. That's a smart yeah. move for the kid. That's a smart move for your recruiting. And that's why it all played out the way it did, is it it was something there that you didn't want to see get worse. Like if, if you got a pitcher pitching with the sore arm, then everybody's going to say, hey, dummy, what are you doing pitching him? That's the move. But that's why it was never couched in terms of something that was borderline catastrophic. Right, and I get that. You're right. You're correct on all those things. And another thing, it's because we have uh, got some money in the bank sitting here at thirteen and two. So you lose a couple of Fridays and set him. And same thing with Hunter Owen. I'd much rather have those guys healthy at the end of the season. Yeah. Well, here's some numbers where they are in the conference. Obviously, they're thirteen and two. That's a two-game lead over Arkansas and Florida in the overall lead. They've scored 147 runs. Second place is LSU 120. Third place, South Carolina 117. They've given up 63 runs. Second place is South Carolina at 75. I'm sorry, second is Kentucky at 72. Then South Carolina at 75. Arkansas 76. Alabama 77. Run differential in the SEC. They're plus 84. Next best team wow. is South Carolina, plus 72. So they've scored more runs than anyone in the league. 
They've given up fewer runs than anybody in the league, and they're no longer the best fielding percentage team in the league. A&M's got them beat by .001 in SEC play, but their errors are tied for second fewest in the league. And I think their double plays, I'd have to look that one up. I think they've turned far more double plays than anybody else in the league in in league play. No, I think we're – look, there's no adjustments to me. You look at our half – halfway through the season worksheet and you say, okay, where do we need to get better? I mean, let's be honest. Where do we need they, to get they better? Need, they need to get better at staying healthy. That's what they need to do. That's about it. Right. And that's something you can't control. Not really. So, you know, get Dukanich back, um, figure out what we're doing with Holton and Owen, and uh, let's play our cards and see who wins. Because I, re- I feel like uh, – the the second half you got three away series and two home series, so you don't think you're gonna maybe no go thirteen two, but definitely should be able to win ten of them. Yeah, that would put you at twenty three and seven if that happens. Yeah, I mean, look, you just you just go seven and eight down the stretch, and I yeah. think they're not only hosting, they're hosting two weekends. Yeah, just avoid getting swept anywhere, and you're in good shape. Yeah, I mean, th- this is a I don't want to start throwing all the all the superlatives yet because 2019 was special. But I mean, th- this team to me, they're they're on that fringe of they're right up there with the best teams he's had potentially. Because I, I look across, it's an elite fielding team. It is an elite pitching team. I, I know the fans uh, have, have had their issues with this and that with pitching, but again, the numbers pointed out when you look, nobody can pitch right now. This is not no. this is not 2014 where you're going to have two guys in your weekend rotation with ERAs around two. It's just a different ball game, and yeah. uh, you know again they're they're leading the they're leading the league and in runs scored in league play by a good bit. Now a lot some of that is, is definitely scheduling. Don't get me wrong, but I I just I don't I'm with you. I don't see anything they can't do. Well, and you look at the league like you said the the only Friday night guy that kind of scares you is Paul Skeens. That's and it. he's even had his trouble. He's had his troubles. So, uh, you know, he if he's the ace in other years, he would have been like the fifth or sixth guy in the league. Uh, yeah. Like you said, no one's no one's dominating on the mound right now. No. Well, and he has dominated other than those two starts, and even mixing those in, the overall numbers have still been dominant. But he has sure. been he's given up what eight runs in his last two starts, and one of those only went three innings because of that weather situation in Columbia. Right. No, right. Man, this matchup with Tennessee this weekend is fascinating. And I went into the weekend thinking I would give Tennessee the edge. But, man, after Mm -hmm. the way they played in Arkansas, after what Vanderbilt showed me with getting that injury and still winning that series, which was incredibly impressive, I'm I'm starting to think Vandy wins the series, Luke. Well, I can see two out of three for either team. That's the way I look at it. And reason why is because of the park. I think that ballpark, because of that right field, little league, right, you can hit a pop up. And if it's windy, it's a home run. So, it could, you know, you can make a great pitch on a guy and he hits it out. So there's just so much there at that park, more so than any other place in this league, that keeps it that way. So I don't. You know, again, I don't think either team will sweep because of the facility. And uh, 
I, I do think this, their backs are against the wall. They pretty much have to sweep us. Yeah. And I, I mean, there was some interesting stuff. There was a, a tweet that a family member um, of one of the one of the players, prominent players on the team sent out that I think later got deleted, but it was talking a lot about pointing fingers and stuff like that. And that's not a place you want to be when you're five and ten in the league. Oh no, not at all. Not at all. And if you've got clubhouse problems, and you know, I watched uh I watch a lot of these post post game comments by coaches and so forth. That you can see and hear the frustration from by Tyler because he even mentioned yeah. after the game last night that he's looking for toughness in his kids. So with that being the yeah. case, they, they may have some some more issues than we think. Yeah, I I'm I don't know if you know the the thing that would give me a little pause to well first of all it's up there they're going to be laying in wait for Vanderbilt um, sure for sure, a bunch sure. of reasons. Number two would be Burns pitched really well out of the bullpen this weekend. And if they get him right, although Dolander and and, uh, Beam weren't any good, Beam in particular. So that's kind of like just when when they get Burns right, you're thinking it's going to go well for them. They lose the series because those other guys can't pitch. So I, I just don't know. I mean, I could see this going a lot of ways for Tennessee. Their pitch, their pitching yeah. is. If they get their pitching right, they are still really, really, really good on the mound. But the issue they have, and it's kind of was this way with South Carolina this week. They can't field anything right now. No, they can't. And I, I you know, I watched uh, all their games just like I watched ours. And there is a, you know, we talk about having fun playing. Our kids look like we're having fun. Their kids, they're not. And yeah, you know, that's huge. Are you ready for the mailbag? Yes, I am. Go ahead. We got a bunch of mailbag questions today, and I can't get through them all. Okay. Uh, but let's let's get yeah, through as many 16. as we can. <laughs> yeah, I, I think there might have been some comments in the 16, but we'll see. Uh, today's mailbag is sponsored by Sutherland & Belk, a family-owned injury law firm. If you or a loved one has been hurt in an accident, give Taylor or Russell a call. That number is 615-846-6200. See what your rights are and if they can help. Bex4VU says, what's your prediction for this weekend's baseball series with Tennessee? Well, like I just said, it's going to be a two, a, someone win two. I'm not sure who, because uh, in that ballpark, it's just unpredictable. And with their uh, backs against the wall, uh, you know, they, they have to win. If we, you know, look at it this way. Even if they sweep, they're still sitting on eight and 10, and we're sitting on 13 and five. Yeah, they'd still, still be five, five out. Back. Probably still fourth or fifth in the East. Yeah. Dusty Orleans, the biggest surprise of the baseball season so far, both SEC and specific to the Vandy boys. Uh, To me, Ole Miss is the biggest surprise in Tennessee, those two. Tennessee was preseason, whatever, number two, and, and then Ole Miss. Uh, now they did have the one injured pitcher, but it shouldn't be that bad that they're sitting on two and 13. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think Kentucky is a huge surprise. (laughs) Yes. On the, they rebuilt the entire lineup in a lot of the bullpen and I'm happy. I really like Nick Mingio and I've met him once or twice and he's a super dude. He and Beezer at Missouri are both really good guys. Yeah. 
Okay, here's a good one. Bex4VU. Does Luke have any ideas how we can make the Hawk a more intimidating place for opponents, or is that even important? Says our team is pretty intimidating in any location. Well, it's always something you want to be, but in baseball, unlike any other sport, emotion is probably the least important thing. You can play football angry, and you can play basketball angry, but in baseball, it's it's more of a skill sport, and you uh, you have to control your emotions more. So that doesn't mean as much. It's just frustrating when you see the corporate seats always empty. And But, you know, I saw that. Uh, I was watching LSU in South Carolina, and there's a bunch of empty seats at LSU behind home plate. And that yeah. just comes from the high-dollar folks that buy those seats and just, just don't go to games for whatever reason. They need a, I don't know, a student section or something. I mean, I'll tell you who does a good job is Murray Harris. He's a guy that's wearing the batting gloves and, and leading the clapping and everything. I mean, if, yeah. if Murray's not in the yeah. ballpark, I, I don't, you know, I'm not sure the decibel level goes to 50 there all weekend. Uh, which is just crazy, but they need a couple more guys like that. I mean, remember, remember in 07 when they had the regional here and and it was just nuts in the right field bleachers. And I think they put those in for that regional. You need to find something to get back to that. And and this is also the same thing that I've been harping on. They're doing very little to build the fan base from a strategic standpoint that I can see. Now I do see some good things that they do, like the spring game, I thought they did a really good job with the food trucks and the stuff for kids and things. But there's a component to it, I think, in terms of outreach with season tickets and stuff like that. Although I guess they're probably close to sold out for season tickets. But I think that's part of it, too. It is. You know, if you look at the attendance, the Hawk will hold 4,000, which uh, that's with three only. And the attendance was like 3,800 all weekend. You know, as well as I do, there wasn't 3,800 there because of the corporate seat. Right. I don't Go know towards 90. I don't. Yeah, I'm, I mean, it's something along those lines, but um, sorry, I'm, I'm rushing through these to get you out on time. Yeah. Go Doors says UT is 5 and 10 in the league. What's going on with him, and why is their record worse than a year ago? Well, we've talked about this before. First of all, it's surprising how they're starting pitching has not come through for him. You know, he, Vitalo switched everybody this past weekend, didn't start any of them until beam on Sunday. And, you know, it just, he's just grasping at straws right now, but they're too talented not to get it done. Now the new rules in effect, how much that has, you know, the, the pitch clock, not being able to go to your hat and go to your glove and that type of thing. That's hurting them. And, uh, you know, Playing by different rules this year. Everybody's playing by the same rules. Let me just say that. Mamalo says, what's your predicted record for final conference record and national seed? Also, what's your predicted order of finish for the SEC East and Tennessee's final conference record? Uh, I'll go 23-7 for us. Uh, 15-15 for them. And uh, I think we'll win the East. Let's see. Pepper Door. If Patrick Riley magically regains and finds consistent control of his stuff, where does that position him within the staff, and how big of a lift does that provide this team? Well, the biggest lift is going to be in postseason when you get in the regionals and super regionals, when you have to play a fourth or fifth game and you've got a Patrick Riley that can start. A Patrick Riley can throw strikes is as good as anybody else on our staff. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, that confidence boost he got from pitching as well as he did Saturday can really help this team when we get in the postseason more so than the regular season. B3 Vandy, does Vandy have enough dominating pitching to go to Omaha? We seem to have a talented team with good hitting and fielding. Can our pitching limit the number of runs some of these big hitting teams score uh, that they must face and give Vandy a chance to win it all? Yeah, I think so. Again, like we talked about, Chris, we're looking for weaknesses. The only thing that's a weakness is health. So that's the one thing that will keep them. If you start getting a bunch of injuries mounted or you get a key player hurt, then uh, things can change. But unless that happens, uh, they're in good shape. Uh, NBA door, your biggest takeaways from the spring game? Uh, just excited about offensive and defensive lines finally having depth. You know, we used to always have to patchwork it to try to find four or five guys on offensive line and defensive line even less than that. So, uh, I think we're going to have a pass rush for the first time in a while with Aku. Uh, he looks really good. The kid from Germany, is, he's a monster. Uh, another few months in the weight room, he's going to do some great things. So that's the most exciting thing is that. I can't tell a lot about the skilled guys in the spring because they don't play much. Dusty Orleans, where do you think Enrique Bradfield Jr. gets drafted? First round somewhere, unless everyone – because he's a he, – he'd be a first-round pick for one of those 30 teams. He has to be. He's probably the best defensive outfielder I've ever seen at Vanderbilt, for sure, and one of the best in SEC history. Uh, and he's going to hit in the bigs. He'll hit between 260, 270, and steal you a bunch of bases. Tian Surge, in your opinion, what is the minimum number of basketball players we need on the roster? Why do you think there have been no announced commitments from the transfer portal? Well, in the new day day and age of the NIL and, and the transfer portal, I mean, you might as well go ahead and just get bodies because it's going to change every year. Your roster turnover is going to be a change every year. So, uh, you know, if you've got – you fill it with 13. If, if two or three of them wind up not playing, who cares because they're going to probably transfer anyway. You don't play, you don't, you don't, you don't come back. Vandy won. Are the rumors of Stackhouse leaving Vandy hurting in the transfer portal, or will it take longer to get into Vandy, or maybe players haven't made up their mind? Which of the three is most likely to be it? Chris, I think there's just a lot of kids out there that we're talking to. And kids, you know how kids are, they don't make up their mind quick. And uh, and I, I just think that it's going to take a while before we fill our roster. How do you think it's going to end? Well, one of two things. Uh, NCAA or he's gone for two reasons. Number one, the contract will be over pretty much. Uh, he's Wait a minute, he got extended. I understand that, but it's not a lot. Of, the payout's not much. Okay. So you're talking about a small payout. You know, John Ingram's got that in his left pocket. So you don't have to worry about that. I, uh, I will say that you know, the last two years, the improvement was there. Uh, it's just, did he, it's next, he's got to make that next step. That's the, that's the thing. Got to get to the NCAA this coming season. Door versus Tennessee. Would you rather sweep every baseball game, win home and away in basketball or beat them in football? Uh, winning up there is more fun than winning at home in football. There's no doubt about that. I've done both and it's not even close. 
and and then of course baseball is because of uh, our tradition and how we've been so good for so long. Uh, doesn't bother me either way because baseball there's so many games played. Uh, you can you can uh, sweep a series one weekend and get swept the next. I think he meant it as if you had to pick a sport to win in, which one would it be? Baseball. Wow. I think that's changed based on the, the coaching situation. No question. Yeah. Luke, I think that's all I've got today. Any parting thoughts? No, Chris. Just uh, tomorrow night, uh, a really interesting non-conference game against a really good team. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't know what they are, what their RPI is, but it, if we can get a win there, that would be nice. It's a good midweek win. And then uh, the Knox one. I think that's a top 30 RPI team. I haven't checked in the last couple of days, but they were they were even top 25 at one point, I think. So they're close. Yeah, they're getting votes in the top 25. I, I noticed that. And uh, I saw the new D1 poll that was out today, and uh, they're ranked ahead of several SEC teams. Yeah. Luke, appreciate you joining us. We'll catch you next week. Thank you, Chris. Have a great week. You too. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We thank our presenting sponsor, Jody Jones DDS. We thank our other sponsors, Sutherland and Belk and MyPerfectFranchise.net. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, and that's how we make this work, please email me at chrislee70 at gmail.com. We also ask that you subscribe to our website, vandysports.com. That is $99 a year. You get things there that you don't get here. And, of course, please rate, review, and subscribe where you see our podcast. That helps us get noticed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at vandysports.com. Follow me at chrislee70. And finally, subscribe to our Vandy Sports YouTube channel as well. Thank you for listening to the Vandy Sports Podcast, which is part of the 440 Network. I'm your host, Chris Lee. We'll catch you with another episode coming very soon.